Well, I'm so excited to sit down and chat with composer Gareth Coker, who recently finished his tour of duty with uh, Moon Studios for the new game Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Gareth, thank you so much for uh, chatting with us today. Tour of duty, that's the first time I've heard it described as that, but it's actually me- might be the most accurate way of describing the experience, because uh, it is it is, it is, it is, uh, it is a journey with, with, with that studio. It's, it's an intense one, but uh, uh, but it's definitely uh, it's definitely turned out really good. For people who I guess who don't know, Moon Studios, they're um, an Austrian video game developer. They, I guess they were founded in uh, 2010, based in Vienna. Um, I guess in 2015, they came out with Ori and the Blind Forest, which was kind of the, the first kind of iteration of this story. How did you meet the Moon Studio guys? It, when did that all come together? So back uh, in uh, like 2010, 2011, back when I was a student at USC, um, I got an email from Thomas Smaller, the director, and uh, he had basically just found my work online on a wow. pretty on a pretty small website. I put my work everywhere, like every you know budding composer does, um, and yeah, he basically only liked one piece of music. Well, sorry, he, he maybe liked more, but he only mentioned one. It was one for like a student film. And uh, he's like, yeah, I really like this. Uh, and I think your work might be good for this prototype of a game that I have. And uh, he basically offered me the chance to do the prototype for the game. Um, and he said, if it was, if the, if the prototype was successfully pitched, which it was obviously to Microsoft, then he was like, yeah, you can do the full game. And I'm like, really? That That's it? Uh, and uh, yeah, that, that really is it. There's, there's no like glamorous, that, that, that is like right place, right time. Uh, and it, w- when you have stuff like that, it probably just was meant to be because it obviously has been a very, very fruitful relationship because I just still don't know how he found my little profile on this tiny website uh, and this found the one track that he thought was uh, good enough to like literally give someone uh, an entire soundtrack, especially at the time when I hadn't shipped a soundtrack before. Like, what was what was the track? What was it for? Uh, it was for a student film that was like set in a forest. Um, so that's maybe like <laughs> that. I mean, uh, yeah, that's like yeah. Ma- it was a very uh, lonesome student film, like low budget thing. Um, but it did. I understand like what drew him to it. Now uh, it was just very soft, ambient. It had some synth stuff, but it did have a melody as well. Um, and I think I think he probably felt that it invoked the atmosphere that he was looking for. Um, and so I got the chance to you know do some more of that. And then uh, yeah, here we are. Uh, before that time, had you worked on any of these other video game titles that you've since done? Or? Uh, no, I'd, uh, I basically, I'd done a couple of things, um, you know, as a student, which I don't really count, certainly not on my resume. Yeah. Um, now, while I was working on the first game, there were a couple of other games that I was working on for free that came out, like, during the development. But again, these were very, very small, like, three or four people teams making, making these games. So um, this... Uh, uh, this uh, project, um, well, Blind For- Ori in the Blind Forest, the uh, first time around, uh, it was the first time, first time I shipped an 120 minute soundtrack, and sec, uh, and also I'd never had uh, a live orchestra recording before. Um, certainly not someone entrusting me with that and saying, "Oh yeah, you'll be fine." Um, so, uh, yeah, a uh, kind of a crazy amount of trust to put in me, but uh, again, it delivered. It it worked. So, <laughs> so when you were demoing a lot of the earlier 
student work what were you creating your music on what was the the program what was the software yeah i've been using um i've been using cakewalk sonar i'm probably like one of like three people that actually use it still yeah. um but i use it because it's uh, i think it's got the best technological like history other than reaper um it's it is the most efficient program um it is it's i believe it was the first to go 64 bit into in the door world um so i feel that it is just kind of ahead of the curve um, and I've obviously, when you work with something for that long, you, you grow and figure out any of the other limitations that it has. It actually really doesn't have, well, clearly it doesn't have any limitations because I've shipped about like 20 hours of music on it at this point. So it's, you yeah. know, it's, uh, um, yeah. So, so Sonar, um, well, the it, funny thing is it wasn't, it's free now, um, because, uh, they've been through like 20 different ownership changes, but yeah, back in the day, I, uh, back in the day, it wasn't free. I, I feel like I'm paying less and less for my music software as I, as I get older. Um, but yeah, Sonar and in terms of sound, libraries uh i'm i'm a hoarder and i use everything so um but um i would say for for the ori games i primarily lean towards spitfire and orchestral tools for the orchestral side of things and and do you mainly write on the piano or what's your go-to um yeah i'm normally um doing stuff on the piano um but i'm also straight into the sequencer as well so you know much as i'd love to have a real piano um it's uh um yeah, so straight into the sequencer, and um, yeah, I'm a keyboard player, but I, I um, did spend several years playing the trumpet and trombone and a few other instruments, so I, I know my way around most of the instruments and how they work. I think that's like an essential part of the job anyway. Yeah, so something I'm looking back just from Ori in the Blind Forest, there's about 29 cues. When I listen to Will the Wisp, visually it's stunning. It's mm -hmm. very whimsical. It's beautiful. There's elements of fantasy and kind of unknown magic, but then when I look at the number of cues, cues that are in this one there's like close to 60 cues <laughs> yes. how do you define the world when moon studios says this is what we're doing they give you is it is it some sort of script is it creative artwork what do they show you to give you a sense of of what you're designing for yeah so this game was uh um a little different from the first one just in terms of obviously the resources i had clearly because you know three hour soundtrack is no joke yeah um uh, but also, um, we were able to do some things uh, on the tech side that allowed us to have more music. And I'll explain why we have more music too. Okay. Um, you know, the first reason, you know, it's just a bigger game. You know, that's that's uh, that's the that's one of the simple explanations. Is there's there's more environments than there were in the first one. What do you think um, it is? What what's the runtime? What what's like typical time? People uh, I would say it takes most people probably twelve to sixteen hours to finish this, whereas the first one it's six to ten. Okay. Um, depending depending on your ability. Um, so, um. I think for people who played the first game and then jump into the second, they'll obviously be used to the controls. Mm -hmm. um, so they'll they'll probably be on the quicker side. Um, but yeah, it's still it's still a substantial game. I mean, to, to 100% the map, it's probably still like 12 to 15 hours, wow. um, even for a great player. So... Um, uh, yeah, so so more uh, more environments, and that's obviously like the first thing that like d you know defines the number of tracks. Um, now, one thing in the in the first game, and it's not it's not universal, but it is pretty much the case. Um, it's really just one track per environment in the first game, maybe two, and 
that is where I wanted to make a much bigger difference this time around. I wanted to have more tracks per environment. But the problem with that is you have to find places to be able to switch without breaking immersion. Uh, because as you've kind of hinted at, like the this game is, you know, the, the immersion aspect is very, very massive in this game. And it's because all of the elements are working together. Like you do not want to hear anything change while you're, while you're in full flow. The only time you want to hear something change is when an action in the game is something changing. So, uh, for example, the opening area, which is called the Inkwater Marsh, um, that starts with a track on the soundtrack called Separated by the Storm. And that plays immediately uh, after the prologue, which is the opening uh, five tracks on the album. So yeah, Separated by the Storm is the first thing the player will hear. Um, that's around, what, a four minute loop, something like that. Then uh, the player progresses through the environment and all of a sudden they get to uh, a chase sequence which is with Howl. Mm. Um, now that's uh, that's something that the player cannot avoid. We kind of push you down the path to go there. Um, so that's that transitions immediately as Howl appears. It's a very easy transition because a big monster appears and there's a sound effect to cover anything up as well. So that's always nice. Um, so it doesn't matter where you are in the track, it's going to transition smoothly. Right. Then you finish the chase sequence with Hal, um, and then you get a little bit of silence in the post-like post-like chase scene aftermath. And then the next track is now use the light we want to see, and this is where Ori, basically after that after that little fight uh, chase sequence, he comes across uh, an ancestral tree. Ancestral trees give uh, Ori abilities. Um, you get a little cutscene, and Ori has a sword. Um, now this is this is the the key thing. Um, now Use the Light We Want to See uses the same melody that you heard in Separated by the Storm. However, you get a more peppy accompaniment. Why? Because you have a sword. And I know that it's that might seem like very obvious, but um, doing these kind of changeovers, because we have another clear switching point, which is there's a mini cutscene where, where you you know where you were picking up the sword, uh, and there's also a, a flashback to another part of uh, to another two characters in the game. Um, so it allows me to switch the music.
So then you have another, I don't know, 20, 20 minutes of gameplay. Um, and then you, there is, you, you basically have to find two keystones to open a door. Um, and then once you have opened that door, we switch to a shine upon Inkwater Marsh. And this again, the music is like, it's part of this suite that we've heard in Inkwater Marsh, but it's it's lightening up a little bit. Um, and also, um, a shine upon Inkwater Marsh is simply referring to sunlight, and the music is a little bit lighter because sunlight is now appearing in the environment. Mm -hmm. um, and this is all dictated by what is happening in the game, and the change to the the changes to this music are only occurring because of actions the player has done and switches that are very very obvious and hide any transition points in the music. It's not because I'm not confident in transitioning smoothly it's, it's actually because i don't want to break the flow of the music in any way for the player mm. and that's why i mean that's just one environment and i could i could literally talk for an hour about about every single bit of implementation in the environment um but that's that that is kind of the, the reasoning why there are so many tracks like each environment might have like three to four pieces of music uh, definitely the lowest is two this time around mm. um actually actually i like the the the, the sanctuary area is one but it's very small so um and actually no it's not one because in the interiors in the sanctuary there are subtle variations when you go inside mm. to the buildings of the main theme so so it's just like there's just like a lot of granular detail which makes the thing which makes uh um hopefully makes the the world feel a bit more uh immersive for the player because uh, they're not they don't feel like they're stuck with the same piece piece of music but i also think it helps the player feel like they're making progress not listening to the exact same piece of music because the opening in quarter marsh area it will take like 30 minutes you don't wow. okay people like oh yes but you're, the music's really nice to listen to I'm like well thank you yes but I don't really want you to be listening to it for for 30 minutes unless like you're actively choosing to stay there and do nothing <laughs> like because uh, then there's nothing I can do like uh, and I, I it's it's one of those games that the DNA of Ori is that there's just a lot of music it's just one of those things it's it's almost wall to wall mm. um, uh, because it is part of like keeping you in the in the flow it is designed the whole experience is designed designed to keep you moving forward. I mean, I watch people play this game and I've watched people play the previous one and they do not stop. Like if they've mm. if they if they start the game up, even people who are like, oh, "I don't like platformers." I'm like, "Just shut up and play the game." <laughs> um, yeah. like um and and you have to the the thing that I think we've succeeded with is is doing is making a game which <clears throat> you have to willfully break the immersion yourself as opposed to the game doing it for you. There's other examples other than the music that are just very simple. There's two there's two that are very simple. No loading screens. Um, now originally on Blind Forest we were actually going to have scroll lock screens, so um, you just uh, the the camera would just stay in a fixed position and then there'd be a little loading screen as you move to the next like level um and then our tech team just like randomly woke up one day and said hey guys there's no loading screens anymore and i'm like wait what um mm. because actually that changed my entire approach to the music like back back then because obviously mm -hmm. then the flow is constant but i'm like this is great um and then the other thing that is key to the game people die you you will die a lot in this game it's it's mm -hmm. not it's not uh you know it's not a handhold game at all yeah um but you respawn in less than a second um, and 
you you just it just doesn't break immersion when you die and and actually the the penalty for dying is is not that strong we're not we're not trying to punish you we're we're not bloodborne um which uh, which punishes you i i almost think it's a deliberate choice to make the loading time long in bloodborne as part of the masochistic approach to that game um when you die um it's it's almost like yes enjoy your suffering and how terrible you are at this game while we wait for, wait to reload it again um so it, it, that's just two things there's obviously a bunch more um but like we just never want to break the immersion it's it's so key to this game and every department works with that core idea in mind so you said there's no load screen but there is your main theme which to me it sets the stage in a way it's, it's, is it a is it a harp is that what's what's playing there is it a harp it's it's a it's a combination of three instruments it's harp okay. mandolin and celeste okay so and then which you, is a very weird yeah. combo so yeah yeah no but it, i think it, it works together really beautifully and then who yep. is your vocalist Vocalist is Airely Brighton. She sung on the first game. Okay. Uh, she um, she has pipes like uh, like no one else I know. She has a very unique sound, and she's quite quite a big. She's a she is a bigger part of the first game because the first game is more about Ori's. Uh, uh, first steps into the world. He's a child. Um, mm -hmm. Is a little bit more naive. The tone of this game is much darker and heavier, and I'm leaning on like actual choir a lot more rather than Airely's voice. But she does appear. Yep. Um, she does appear at the very end as well for story reasons, um, which I won't spoil because still still fairly near release. Yep. Um, so um, yeah, but she she sings the uh, she sings the main theme, and it, it's funny that is the main menu theme. But our main menu also transitions into the first scene of the game completely seamlessly. Um, so it does, because what we had last time, we did have the same main theme in a different key, but it is, it is basically the same melody. Um, but a lot of people who are just like, yeah, I'm ready to play Ori, they press start and as quickly as possible, and then you hear like 10 seconds of it, and it's like, ah, oh, well, that's a bit of a shame. Um, so uh, this, like, it, it is actually impossible to get to the next scene without hearing at least one full run through of the melody. Oh, beautiful! Um, okay. So, yeah, it's there's there's like a deliberate there's like a little mini like vignette that occurs like after like 15 seconds um, that slows that slows the player down and that allows us to hear one full full run of the the menu uh, the the main the main theme. Um, though you can if you want you can stay outside on the opening screen for as long as you want and hear the main menu music a hundred times if you desire. Um, so <laughs> um, and I know there are a few people who have just sat looking on that because it is a it's just a sunset. Show shot yeah. um of, of their home and people do do sit there but uh yeah it's a good it's a good scene setter and and actually it just kind of you know I, mentioning that approach about implementation it's just like even that decision i remember when i suggested it the first time the the team were like why would you do that don't you need a separate thing and i'm like well no because we don't we don't actually have a hard transition to anything in the first shot of the game we literally you press start the menu fades away and you are in the game and i always thought that was incredibly elegant i love it when games do that there's a few we're not the first to have done it there's a few others that have done it um but i was like that is so that is so fitting for, for, for what we're doing especially whereas the first game uh blind forest you press start 
the the entire like post settings change it goes from like orange to like you're in a storm within like uh two seconds it like transitions into a storm um so so it actually makes sense to have a complete change in the music Mm. um but this time but this time it doesn't uh it also the other aspect is it is an immediate and i mean immediate continuation of blind forest ending like it takes place minutes after the ending uh maybe even seconds uh so uh yeah um that was the thinking behind the main main theme and how it works in the game. So when it came to coming up with a, a lot of the the palettes and the and the demoing of the tracks, how do you how do you how do you um, build your template or how do you build your, like even just look, using the main theme as an example? Because obviously there's a lot of components to it. That you have your vocalist, you have all uh, you have uh, the strings and and there's a lot of other elements. So. In your mind, what did you take away from the first time around um, with Blind Forest, and how how did it kind of inform how you wanted to do it this time? Because everyone's like, "Oh, I'm not going to do that again," and and then of course you do it again because it's it's part of your process. Well, you know, it's funny. There's multiple considerations, especially when doing a sequel. It's um you got to deal with fan expectation as well. Um, you kind of got you've got to pay attention to that, especially as the first soundtrack and the first game is is loved. So it's like. All right, let's see what people, you know, what do people want? And it's just like, oh, they just want more of the same. And I'm like, do you? Do you, though, really? <laughs> yeah. um, like, um, so um, I came I came to the conclusion that I wasn't just going to, you know, do the exact same thing that I did on on the first game. But but obviously the, the DNA is kind of there and it's made a lot of decisions for me. Uh, but I, I wrote what I felt was the soundtrack that I thought was best for the game, not what I thought was best for the fans because ultimately you cannot please everyone and i also think if i tried to please everyone i'd end up pleasing less people so uh um also uh there there will be some fans who probably will not be able to get past their preconceived ideas and biases as to what the soundtrack will be like to them when Mm. they fire up the game Mm. and it's the same with the game i would say that it's the same for every department of game i mean this game looks quite different from the first one um and some people probably will prefer the slightly simpler look of the first game and I, i i do actually understand that but then i'm like this is not Ori 1.5. This is Ori 2. Like we're making a true sequel. We're not just trying. We're not just trying to you know cash in. Basically, um, was was Blind Forest was that on Xbox One? When yes, it out, it uh, was, yes, it was. Yes, it was on Xbox One. Uh, it's funny. It was. It was originally going to be a 360 game, but then it got moved up to the Xbox One. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, Xbox One and PC. Um, it's funny because you see the different platforms and the different generation of consoles. Yeah, you see how the the graphic engines and hopefully the music engines start to get better. And uh, just listening to the depth and how detailed your work is, just from the standalone soundtrack, I would hate to watch, to listen to this game or play this game on a really lackluster system because like there's so much texture in in the work that you're doing. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you know you're at the it's it's the old joke we 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 spend hundreds of thousands of dollars recording this and then uh, and then people listen to it in through their uh, their AirPods. <laughs> what sorry? Which are, of course amazing. Which are amazing. Um, I, so yeah, yeah. Yes. Every, every time I every time I hear every time I hear someone says AirPods are amazing, I, I die a little bit inside. Uh, I'm like, you have no idea. So uh, wh- like, yeah. how far you have to go. <laughs> so where did you end up tracking? Your orchestrations. Um, so yeah, this game uh, for Will of the Wisps, we recorded 
at Air Studios in London, uh, which was a bucket list thing of mine to do. I actually wanted to do it for the first game, but we just didn't have the money. Like the 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 the, the budget for the first game was, you know, we were, we were lucky we were able to record at all for the first game. We recorded in Nashville for the first game, which did work out great, but it was uh, it was also a shorter soundtrack. So we, uh, yeah, fun. To, actually, I guess it's, it's probably fun. Uh, um, we recorded the first soundtrack in just 12 hours of recording. Um, so wow. it's 90 minutes of music. Yeah. So, uh, this one was recorded in, uh, five days of recording, uh, four days in December and then one day in January. Um, the orchestra was the Philharmonia orchestra, uh, not Philharmonic Philharmonia. That's uh, cause there's, there's like, there's, they're, they're like the only orchestra called the Philharmonia. Um, cause there's like two others that are called Philharmonic in London. Cause London has, a million working orchestras um a choir of 20 singers that we double tracked to make it sound like 40 uh and in um a couple of cases quadruple tracked to make them sound like 80 depending there were only a couple of tracks which like needed the needed the weight uh, choir is something that stacks very 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 well um like if you you know if you have a recording with 80 singers it's pretty luxurious it's uh, something reserved only for marvel movies and john williams productions um but uh, but actually the smaller sound of like 20 singers uh, or, or 40 actually works really well for this game um and yeah recording an air you know it, it's it's uh it's just a room with a sound that is perfect for a game like this with its never-ending reverb um which you can adjust to be even more never-ending if you want um because it has a ra- it has the raised um acoustic panels but like servers not a ceiling but you can raise or lower the the panels to increase the reverb time or decrease it um i'd never recorded there before i knew it was going to be good um um, but of course, when you have the ultimate combo of London recording musicians in air um, playing music like this, which is, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not trying to hide anything. It is trying to be beautiful. Uh, then it's it is pretty much the the ideal location for it. How much additional material did you end up recording that then wouldn't make it into the game? Because I look at everything. It looks very specific in terms of how it got whittled down. You have a handful of cues that are, you know, call call outs, like you said, to specific moments in the game and, and but but how do you when you walk in to and you say I have five days do you have much wiggle room to even do more than what you walked away with or was this it oh no this was uh i mean what you hear on the soundtrack i mean there's uh you know there's 186 minutes on the soundtrack and i would say we recorded about uh 200 minutes and there's probably 225 minutes in the game okay and a lot of there's you know so, some of those minutes um you know are like ambient cues which are literally just like one pad which we use as bridges from okay. where there's there's little sections in the game which i just call crossroads areas where they're not really tied to any environment at all uh, they're just transitional areas and i'm like we don't really need music here but we can't have nothing because then the guys are going to complain uh because this game never doesn't have music so um yeah there's a couple of cues like that we got these cues called the spirit trials which are just like a a little multiplayer element in the game but they're really just remixes of some of the combat tracks in the game Uh, so i didn't include them on the soundtrack there's what you see on the soundtrack is pretty much what you get uh in the game um although how we recorded is definitely not like what you see on the game in the game there's probably about a hundred and 60 cues um now i'll use one track as an example because it's really it's really easy to explain so more of the spider um more of the spider is a boss track uh you fight more of the spider how predictable uh, it's so, a very beautiful it's a, like, yes yes I, I, I had the artwork pulled up here it's like 
it's a piece of artwork alone and of itself like the, the glowing and just like the depth oh i think the, i think yeah. i know the, i think i know the one you're looking at yeah, yeah. it's um yeah, so so Mora is being uh, corrupted by the darkness in the game, and uh, yeah, so you're in a fight with her now. Mora the spider is actually made up of uh, five pieces, five cues, five recorded cues. Mm -hmm. You've got the intro, then you've got combat phase one because our boss fights are multi multi phase. Then you've got phase two, which is like a transitional phase, yep. um, and then you've got phase three, which is the final like arena section of the combat, and then you've got an outro as well, and they're all separate cues merged into one one piece of music on the soundtrack. But what you hear on the soundtrack is pretty much how you will hear it in the game, um, because uh, the um, you you will you will go through the fight sequence in that order. Um, it's just presented in a in the best musical way possible. Um, so yeah, that's just like <laughs> none of the the players will have heard all of these tracks in this way. The one there are a couple of exceptions where there's like longer environment cues. Uh, it's funny actually the previous one, Shadows of Moldwood, uh, that is pretty much the exact. That is actually like take three of what we recorded, um, and that's it. So there's no editing on that track. That is pretty much how it was performed on the day. Um, so yeah, sometimes the tracks aren't chopped up, but sometimes they are. So it just kind of depends on the you know how it was done how it, how it was done and how it was chopped up in the game basically yeah because that more of the spider track looks like it's about six minutes right now so yep is it are they like we well, just couldn't record you just couldn't record that in yeah. six like you just couldn't do a six minute take i mean it would be like the it's it, the whole the the track's lowest tempo is 160 beats per minute so you'd have like a if you if you did it all in one you'd have a part that would be like 20 pages for the strings and this is just like a nightmare for page turns so um we would have broken it even if we did have a six minute queue like we'd have, we'd have ended up breaking it up it would just be impossible to to record it all um so so yeah um but yeah it was a, definitely a fun one to record uh, it's it's it, i love the build of it how it intros it because it's like tension tension and then like you're in yep. it good luck yep yep that's pretty much um, the, 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 the theory behind the boss fights is the first the first combat phase is oh my god like I'm in trouble right. it's very very dangerous but the second half of the boss music is more optimistic and it does reference Ori's theme um, and uh, it's to give you it's to give you hope and make you feel like you're winning the fight it's it's again it's that small detail of like I want to make the player feel like they're pushing forward uh, because Again, if if this had been the previous game and we did not have the tech support to do this, I'd have probably just done one epic track for the for the boss fight and it would just loop forever, and it probably would have been fine. Yeah. Um, I doubt anyone would have complained, but I, that that like that just wasn't enough for me. It's like I, if we're gonna have multi-phase boss fights, well, that clearly there's going to be a transition point somewhere where I can transition the music from one phase to another, um, and that's that's why we have like the the multi-phase in the music, and I'm very happy that lots of people have picked up on it so um it was definitely the e extra effort was worth it do you have much interaction with the sound team is there much conversation about that because in a game like this they're really putting a lot of the emphasis i mean there's there's wonderful you know foley and creature vocals and ori and his sword and everything and all the other characters uh, but how much interaction do you have with with the sound team well, so one of the, you know, we, we hired a new sound team for this game. We hired them pretty pretty late, um, but they are one of the best in the industry. It's Formosa Interactive are doing the sound. Um, yeah, like, so 
you know, they obviously know what they're doing in terms of asset creation. I mean, to do the sound from scratch for a game like this in a, in a year is pretty impressive. Um, but uh, they really, uh, it was kind of cool because they did look to me as kind of uh, uh, the spiritual guide for the game uh, in terms of like its sound needs. Like, I'm never going to tell them what to do, like, or how to make the sound, but it's more like, is this appropriate? Um, and uh, is this fitting of what the Ori DNA, audio DNA is supposed to be? Because I did help create it for the first game. Um, and they, they picked up on what that was pretty quickly. And I think one thing that is really, really incredible, like this game has so much more combat than the original game um you know or he has a sword a hammer a spear and bow and arrow like there's a lot of big sounding weapons but they never they never overtake the music same with the monster sounds like they they understand that music you know music is a big driving force of this game but you know the, the sound still has room to go um it's partly, you know, because of the music I write, it's not in your face for most of the game. Uh, so they do have room. Um, plus, there is so little percussion in the score, um, generally speaking, that, hey, I'm like, take the hard transients. You can have them all. Like, I don't need them. Uh, there's, there's, you know, if there's hard transients in the soundtrack, then I've done something wrong. Uh, like, there's... There's not many big, big hits or booms or cracks in the music. That all comes from sound. So what ends up happening is we kind of like have this happy mix of um, of the sound and music uh, working well together. Um, so, um, uh, but yeah, Formosa are like you know twenty minutes away from my house. So, um, so that's good. Um, but uh, yeah, I. Um, uh, I wouldn't say I was like very hands-on with them. I was just more of a guiding light when they needed it, um, which wasn't that often. Um, there, there really were only a few places where I'm just like where where um, space had been made for sound and it wasn't being utilized. So I'd be like, "Hey, there's a gap for you here. Uh, you guys need to shift the dialogue there." Um, I, there's, a, there's actually a great example in the very opening of the game like the the baby owl is being born and the the, the narrator says we named her coup and it it's its first entrance was like right on top of the musical phrase and I'm like guys there is a four second gap where you can have this dialogue literally just move the dialogue there we can move the text also and like then you're gonna have musical phrase presented dialogue line and then next musical phrase it's just like it's just like that really small stuff but that is exactly what makes ori ori it's that there's space for everything um and uh, and things never feel too cluttered um so yeah it's just it's it was mostly just small detail stuff as it pertained to the player experience rather than like any creative direction i i i definitely do not want to be creatively directing sound people just because it seems like a very difficult job anyway <laughs> yeah absolutely so um following up you finish up from air studios you have all this wonderful material and <laughs> And then yeah. you take it home. Like, wh what is your next your next iteration of of it? Uh, the next iteration is getting it mixed and then getting it chopped up. Uh, after it's been mixed, it's getting it chopped up uh, to be placed in the game. I think I think one thing that is very 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 interesting about this game compared to a lot of others is that in this game we are not using stems for okay. the final dub. Uh, this game is old school. We're doing... It's literally just stereo mixes with the music. Um, now, this game also does have an Atmos mix. It has a 5.1 mix. Great. Um, but we came to the conclusion 
fairly early on, I'm like, we're not going to gain anything extra from having the music in 5.1. I don't want any crazy. You can put, you can do the usual trick of running reverb in the back speakers or and whatever. But I'm like, music. It's a two. First of all, it's a 2D game, uh, and and music should just be left and right. Uh, and that we we. we because early on, like it was talked about, yeah, we're doing Atmos. We could do some crazy stuff, and I'm like, yeah, but no. It's like it's just not necessary. It's not that kind of game, especially it's a deeply melodic game. You don't want the music moving around at all. Um, and I would rather you guys uh, do all of that cool, crazy stuff with sound because uh, it will probably just make a lot more difference, especially with the ambiences. Um, so um, yeah, um, it's an old school final mix, like just using volume rides rather than mixing stems to get a good final mix and i think i i kind of miss that i think it's i think i actually think the delivery of stems and this you know this is a very personal opinion um and i know i will never always get this on every project um, but i i think the delivery of stems is almost a cop-out um it's just like it, it, what that tells me is that the composer wasn't working that closely with uh you know the editing team and, and you know the dialogue team to like actually work actually you know do the extra work work around the dialogue work with the sound like that's that's really what we should be doing instead of you know yes you can you can remix it you know in 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 the final post-production stage but it's just like why not solve the problem even before you get there so you can actually do an even better mix because you're not solving any problems um i'm a big believer in solving things on the asset side rather than at the the dub stage um so um and that is you know that is you mentioned you know do you work closely with the sound team and it's like that those are the problems i'm trying to identify before we get to the dub stage and you know i think this is a great sounding game like not just the music but just like literally everything you do hear everything in this game and there's a reason for that it's because well they had time uh they had time to like make things make the things shine that they needed to shine because they weren't worried about things fighting with each other um so uh yeah um actually getting it into the game is not very difficult it's because all the mock-ups are there um so it's really just a straight swap on the on the tech side um and making sure things are assigned in the same way um so and yeah with it with us not using stems uh there's literally just it's just, just one file and in you go uh that's it i'm glad you brought that up because i think a lot of times people think that there's only so many approaches that are acceptable and i think it really comes down to how the studio Mm -hmm. every video game has that crunch period and it becomes a point of contention of why does this always happen we're feeling rushed and ultimately it's just not it's just not a good place to be when when you spent so many years already on something and then you get down to the final mm -hmm. stretch and and ultimately you want to do the best work you can with with the same intent that you started with so was it four years you said yeah so over the four years how much time was there leading up to when you got to air studios Oh, I mean, it uh, uh, happened like literally uh, four months ago, December, uh, okay. January. So yeah. Oh no, it's it's like yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, where are we? We're March like twentieth. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, seventy-five days ago is the last day of recording. Uh, so, so you so okay. So let's let's walk this through. You mm -hmm. went to air, and then how much time did you have for your mix? 
not enough um right. so yeah basically the mix happened over christmas okay. um, for the for a lot of the core content and then january yeah the mix happened like pretty much january like 10th something like that so there was enough i guess there was enough time i think i think also the thing is like you know you you go and record it uh like a lot of the mixing's done for you right it's yeah like, yeah sure it's already there don't don't, yeah. don't you know it's like you know pick pick you pick your microphones you know you don't have to necessarily use all 42 um that they, that they present you um and then just be you know just be consistent with the application of it throughout throughout each track like so the orchestra kind of takes care of itself you obviously still need to get it in the right place um and the synth elements like again they're they're fairly consistent um so um once you um you sent them pre-records like my my approach with them is fairly fairly similar in terms of like reverb and uh i'm there's really not much eq or there's no compression on any of this um so um yeah we're not really we're not really messing around with things too much um again most of the balancing is done in the arrangement before we get to the we, we get to the recording it's uh it's the same kind of philosophy let's solve the problems before we get to the recording so that when we record we're really just like adding the orchestra on top and then it's just balancing the orchestra with the pre-record elements um i i don't think that there are a few tracks a few of the boss fights were you know had to we had to spend a bit more time on them, especially because the, the, the spider track, it's pre-recorded percussion with strings that are moving very quickly so that occasionally they're, you know, they're like a hair too late or something. So it's, it's things have to be adjusted slightly. Um, but uh, but for, for the most part, it kind of, it kind of shouldn't, this is not a score you should be overthinking when uh, at, the, at the mixing phase. Um, so at least that was my, my philosophy. Um, so, uh, yeah, we get the mix done, and then yeah, then it's just really the implementation. And then uh, one thing that I do a lot of is playtesting the game to make sure it's all playing back correctly. Um, because with as many, you know, with all of these different tracks which play under certain scenarios, you need to make sure that the scenarios are being triggered um, and things are playing back correctly. I mean, back back in early on in development. <laughs> there one thing was so busted that we during the spider fight we had some happy chirpy music from the prologue play and i'm like how and, I, and i'm like how do, i'm like how does this even happen uh, i mean it's just a, it's just a bug or just something got misassigned but like but but things do break in games um so uh yeah i'm like constantly checking to make sure things playing back and you, know, you find a bug and you're just like how did this happen why is there no music in this scene when there was music here for like literally a year and then all of a sudden it's gone is that so is that like, your, I mean, it's, it's always the composer's job, I suppose, to make sure their work is being implemented correctly. But is there anyone else mm -hmm. who's keeping eye of, of any of these assets? Uh, yes, yeah, so, I mean we have Q, we have a QA department that does look for missing audio or okay. audio that isn't playing back properly. Um, but in terms of like the, and they're looking for for the most obvious area errors that you know music is not here or music is not sounding correct. Um, but I'm more looking. I I need to make sure that the music is timed perfectly for cutscenes and things like that. So sync issues that people might not necessarily notice um, or for like the more granular changes make it because that might with a granular change that isn't triggering, it's just going to play the same music as before. And then like a QA tester won't notice, but I will notice because I'm like, uh, the music didn't change when the door opened. Uh, why not? 
Um, it's just like stuff like that. Um, but we do have an excellent set of tools, uh, debug tools that allow us to zip around the environment really quickly and uh, and test certain things. And we can you know use the cheats and everything. So it's uh, it's not like I have to play the game from scratch every single time because obviously that would that would just take way too much time. Oh my god. Okay, so. Um, did you mix or where did you mix actually um so mixed at uh steve kempster's studio um and uh yeah it was uh i i wasn't around for for much of it normally i'm quite hands-on with the uh with the um process um but yeah this time uh, i was just like i've got too much to do um and uh yeah because i i was like in december um, I was like, well, hey, we've got all this music, and now I have to go write the music for the January recording um, because it's all cutscenes and things that they've left until as late as possible. Um, so yeah, um, they're easier to do because they're linear. Um, basically, all the non-linear music got done in December, um, and all of most of the linear music and the final boss got done in uh, December. Uh, sorry, in January. Um, so uh yeah i kind of just uh you know i was there for a few days but i kind of left into his own device i mean we worked together a lot before um so yeah it was um um yeah he's been he's done he's done a lot of work for me over the years he mixed the first game as well um and uh yeah he's done i mean he's done hours of mixing yeah, yeah. Uh, for me at this point so uh um uh, yeah he has a facility uh at his home um he's using ridiculously amazing uh atc speakers um which cost an arm and a leg um and uh um yeah it's always i always like cringe whenever i go to listen to my stuff like he always does the ab compared to mock-up my mock-ups are good but like then i hear them on his setup and i'm like wow it's just the same every time like it's mine is lacking in bass and slightly too bright um and then i hear it on his i'm like ah, oh, it's okay it's adjusted it's more rounded now um but yeah he um he makes things a little bit easier and he he it's funny he actually outputs in stems um we we did actually preps prep stems um because i knew that i might have to make some adjustments to cues quite late on in the process um and i was able to do some basic editing with those stems so actually having the stems regardless is actually really cool because um you know it just it just gave me a bit more editing flexibility down the line um if i think he perhaps like 15 stems for this so which was more than enough um so uh yeah he's got that process it's it like when you when you look at the mixing it's just like man 42 microphones and then maybe another 25 pre-records and i already have a headache just thinking about it so it's <laughs> like it's uh um it's just not something it's something you know it's something i probably could do uh but i just don't when it's 180 minutes of music it's just not really something that you need to you need to uh delegate as much as possible um especially especially with music that you're close to yeah i'm looking here it looks like they first announced the game during e3 2017 the game was released mm -hmm. not march 11th so when did you deliver your finals uh, I would say the final, final, final track went in on March the fifth, and then they. Sh I mean, at what point? I mean, it's that was just the, that was just that was just the end credits. So uh, oh, it doesn't okay. really count. All right, all right. But like, yeah. especially the end credits were. 
uh, where, uh, um, yeah, we're just like an edit. But uh, I would say that the, the finals, actually, the finals of the 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 entire game were probably in by like February the the tenth. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So we you know we had most of it. And actually, all of the December material in was in by the end of December, I think. So um, you know we, and that was the bulk of the game. So we did we did have most of it in. So and actually, I'm I'm very glad that we did the staggered recording uh because actually putting it all in at once it's a lot of material yeah it's, yeah. it's just it's just yeah. a lot to to go through um so it's probably something i'll consider on future projects as well um just to have that extra day in reserve um just to give a bit more breathing room and do you have what was your involvement then when it comes to the soundtrack release because it's, it's on you know uh i guess on spotify and all the other s- streaming services uh, it's uh, completely under my control. Um, so uh, yes, it's just it's just done with uh, Microsoft Distributor. Um, but in terms of length and uh, choice of tracks and how the tracks are edited, it's literally all me. Um, so um, which is pretty cool. Um, not everyone, not everyone does that. Um, so yeah, I was able, I put the track order together. Track titles are done by me. Um, the only one I had to get approval for was the title of the last track, um, which is uh, ambiguous, um, but I, I needed to check um, with the okay. team because it is based on the ending. Um, so, mm. um, yes, because it could, it could, you could take that to mean uh, both a, a negative and a positive. Um, so, uh, um, this yeah, is that, the. Ori Ori Embracing the Light? Yes, um, which is actually a callback to the first game uh, called Naru Embracing the Light, um, which is actually the reason why I... um, It's actually the reason why I gave it that title. Um, So, uh, um, yes, apparently I succeeded because no one saw it coming, so uh, that's good. Um... But uh, yeah, no, it's it's pretty cool to um, get the sound. One thing I I'm 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 going to give Microsoft props on. Uh, yeah. They have finally allowed both soundtracks to be available on Bandcamp. It was one thing I saw that. That's mm-hmm. what I'm looking on right now, which is yeah. incredible. It was. It was. Um, yeah, for it was just the distributor didn't have an agreement and doesn't have an agreement in place with with Bandcamp, uh, and there's obviously red tape has to be gotten over to make a release outside the you know official channels, and I think they were just like, well, screw it, because Bandcamp actually isn't that much of a big fish in the grand scheme of things, um, but it is a very popular platform for video game music. Um, and uh, yeah, they were like, uh, yeah, put them both on Bandcamp. I'm like, oh my goodness, thank you, because now it is available literally on every store you could possibly imagine. So um, it's because uh, uh, so, I'm wondering, like, um, I-, I had an MP3 version of the soundtrack on Bandcamp. Are they flack or what's the highest quality? Uh, I think I think you might be able to download the WAV files on uh, on Bandcamp, and they're okay. going to be 24-bit 48. I mean, to me, that that's the exciting thing. It always has been about Bandcamp is that it offers a yeah. higher resolution, which yep. is really hard for people who actually care about what they're listening to. And that's why I was saying, like, even in the MP3s, there's depth and there's warmth and there's dynamics, but it's obviously very curtailed to you know, like. Well, it's title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There is title. It's, it's yeah. I, I I checked out title. I'm like, uh, is this really that good? No, nah, it's just never as good as like having the actual uh, wire files. Um, there there are a couple of other high res audio providers that do provide flag and and actually the original WAVs. Um, Seven Digital is one of them, um, but they're not they're not very well known. Uh, but they do. I think they do provide actually the, the It's weird. They got supplied the 24 bit 48 WAVs, but they 
only give you the 16-bit 44. I'm like, why would you even bother converting it? Like, why not just put yeah. 24, 48? But yeah, Bandcamp, I don't know for sure, uh, because I actually haven't downloaded my own soundtrack from Bandcamp. Um, but uh, yeah, um, if you want a code, I'll give you a code. And uh... Let's just tell all the listeners what the code is, and we'll all... No, I'm kidding. Uh <laughs> You know, the thing, here's the thing, the game does something which I think is asking more of the player, which is to really get immersed in it, and it's like, a lot of times when people play video games, you know, it's an opportunity to escape and do something in just like a fanciful way, whether it's first person or this style, platform style gaming, like people relate that to an older style of gameplay which to me is like yeah it harkens back to a lot of like the traditional maybe like nintendo or sega genesis or like a lot of the early gen uh gaming platforms but like when i cracked open the soundtrack and started going through all all the cues i was like holy shit this to me is it's like it might be a traditional style gameplay but it is definitely not treating the music as anything you know less so I, I think for people who haven't had a chance to play the game, definitely check it out. I'm really excited to see what titles you're going to be digging into next. Are you going to continue down the video game music path? It's uh, well, I'm def- I'm booked through 2021, so uh, I'm uh, I'm definitely locked in for at least the next couple of years. But I'm not I'm not really married to games or film or TV or whatever, one way or the other. It's 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 definitely games right now, and it, I'm I I feel like I'm working in games because it's the medium I know best. Um, obviously, it's where I got my first opportunity, major opportunity too, but. I think you know there's a reason for that. I, I did target games pretty pretty early on, um, even when I was you know studying at USC. So um, yeah, I just I just enjoy the medium. I think uh, I think the games industry is still it's still learning. Uh, we're still we still have probably another ten to twenty years to go before we reach gaming's golden age. And already we're kind of in a silver age. Like it's, uh, mm. um, but there's there's so many great games. I mean, in the past week, there's been I think four games that have rated over ninety on Metacritic. Um, like, uh, there's gonna be a bunch more this year. We've got The Last of Us Two coming later on this year. It's probably gonna review extraordinarily well. We've got Cyberpunk coming at the end of the year, um, and there's gonna be, there's a bunch of other stuff that I have, I'm not even thinking about that is probably going to be great. So. Um, yeah, it's it's a really exciting time to be in games, um, but we're still learning about how to tell stories within this medium. Uh, it's the biggest, I think, the storytelling aspect is the biggest hurdle because it's the uh, there's there's an old there's an old saying: storytelling is the enemy of gameplay, and gameplay is the enemy of storytelling. Like it's and this game, you know, we tread we tread the line between between the two. Like you know, we don't want to stop you too much. Um, to, to interrupt your flow of game gameplay, but at the beginning of the game, we have a, a nine-minute interactive movie, um, like where you don't really do very much, um, yeah. but it's but but it's okay to do it at the beginning because the players just started. There's there's no way no one is going to put down the controller after ten minutes like that. So, so you can get away with doing that, but if you put a ten-minute interactive movie right in the middle, play, and you take away all of the core controls of the character, people are gonna be like, uh. Uh, mm. no um, and that's what that that's like that's like one of the hardest things to balance it's one thing that God of War did extremely well uh, last year is it balanced um, it balanced the um, the storytelling aspect with the gameplay aspect and one thing that it helped with that is the whole game is done in one shot 
Um, right. It, it is the 1917 of games. Uh, yeah, yeah, except, yeah. except in games, it's a lot easier to do that because you can put the camera anywhere. But like, they really thought of it very cinematically, um, and, and just with the camera never breaking, it's it's that same comes back to that same thing that I mentioned about immersion. Uh, with the camera never breaking, you have to want to put the controller down, and it's just one thing after another in God of War. Uh, but you're seamlessly between combat and cutscene just like that. Um, whereas what a lot of games do is they they switch the camera as soon as you're in a cutscene because they're like, oh, we need to signify to the player that we've taken away control. And that's that's a way of thinking that maybe was fine 10, 15 years ago, but in the, you know, in 2020, you've kind of got to be better than that. It's kind of all got to be seamless. And some games are doing this really well. The Last of Us is going, The Last of Us is already kind of doing that. Um, uh, I can tell I, you're you're a big video game fan. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm uh, I I play a lot. Um, so, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's just things you you end up noticing like over time. There's there's like gaming, gaming uh, tropes, uh, but yep. uh, um, but there are companies who are trying to do things to push the storytelling aspect, but also not just telling story for the sake of sto- sake of story, but um, making sure that the gameplay is not forgotten um, and that's that's the hard part is weaving weaving the two together and I think it's something that we actually do pretty well on Ori because Ori there is so much gameplay in Ori but one of the appeals of Ori is the cute story um, mm-hmm. which uh, you know the, I can tell you I, I read a comment the other day I was like the, the, man this game's really on the nose and I'm like really I mean what were you expecting like you've seen you must have seen one trailer like we're not exactly being subtle about what we're trying to do here uh, this is pretty Disney-esque, Pixar-esque, and I'm like, you know, if, if, if you're calling this on the nose, you might as well call the opening up uh, for up on the nose too. It's just like, and I'm like, that's okay. Like sometimes, yeah. pe- sometimes people want that kind of experience. Like, be you're, there, there's this school of thought that says you, you can't be told how to feel, uh, but actually, there's still plenty of films and games that get made where it's like, yes, actually, you should be told how to feel sometimes, and it's okay. Um, but some people are grumpy. <laughs> Gareth, I could go on yep. for uh, forever, but I really want to leave people with with the opportunity to listen to the soundtrack. Yep. Definitely go to um your your Bandcamp for sure. It's Gareth Coker at or GarethCoker.bandcamp.com, um, and you have a lot of the other uh, your material there, and obviously your website Gareth hyphen Coker dot net. Yep, right. That's right. Yep. Um, it looks like you're pretty active. The Facebook, the Twitter, the SoundCloud, especially the especially the t- especially the Twitter. Um, yes, especially I'm the very, Twitter. Yes. There's some composers who don't dabble in Twitter, but you've ta- you've taken it on. Twitter's excellent because I don't have to feel guilty about writing short responses. Fair enough. Um, this is so great. I- I'm so happy to have a chance to chat with you. Thank you so much for all the insight to to this title and your process. I think people, please check out the game. If there's anything you can do during this wonderful opportunity we've been given with coronavirus, unfortunately, is to spend a little more time at home playing video games, which I don't think is a bad thing. That's right. Well, thank you so much, Gareth. It was a pleasure. No worries.